subscribers to this YouTube Pretty channel. Pretty amazing. I can't quite believe that. Thank you so much to all of you who have subscribed. And if you haven't subscribed, well, now's the time to do it. I think you can click around about somewhere there. What do you think? Yeah, just click there. And of course, click on the bell as well to receive notifications. It's just wonderful to know that there are so many people all over the world. And I know you're all over the world because I often get comments saying where you're from. People all over the world that uh, are interested in learning more about Tudor history. And it's just amazing. It's really heartwarming. So thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. Of course, 60,000 subscribers. This means Claire it's time. Claire asked me difficult questions. For another Tudor history challenge. And I thought... I would test him. He's trying to look at my paper. No, I'm not. I'm not going to cheat. I thought I'd test him on some Tudor quotations. Oh, OK. Now, <laughs> Tim should find this really, really easy if he's been following the Tudor Society on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We post quotes of the week. We do, I don't. And these are some of those quotes. <laughs> I don't read them. Oh, well, this is going to be a fun quiz. So, OK, there are 12 questions. OK. With a possible 15 points <laughs> on offer. Bonuses here. See okay. how you do. Number one. Who said, this is really easy. Who said, I know I have the body of a weak and feeble woman, but I have the heart and stomach of a king. And of a king of England too. Who said that? That's a good, nice, easy start, and I'm sure they're going to get a lot harder. I I'm going to go for Elizabeth the first. Yes, Elizabeth the first to the forces that are gathered at Tilbury Fort One in point. August 1588. They were there, of course, to defend the Thames and London against the expected Spanish invasion. So, yay! One point. Number two, who was this priest describing? And you'll know this one too. I hope so. A tyrant more cruel than Nero, for Nero destroyed but part of Rome, but this tyrant destroyeth this whole realm. Who was he describing? Yes, it was a priest who said that, but who was he describing? I think that has to be Henry VIII and his break with Rome. It was Henry VIII, it was during the Pilgrimage of Grace Rebellion, Ooh, okay. which actually was, yeah, it was against the, the dissolution of the monasteries, which, of course, came from the break with Rome. OK. So, yeah. Two points. No, you're having one point, just because you're getting <laughs> fancy and telling me things I don't want to know. <laughs> OK. Number three. If my head would win him a castle in France, it should not fail to go. Was said of Henry VIII too. But who said it? Oh, somebody that was in the picture for Henry to marry, but chose not to. Um, Marie, not Marie, I don't know. Sir Thomas More. Oh, Thomas More. Okay, that was completely <laughs> I don't wrong think then. he was no. in the picture. No. No, he was like a father figure to Henry VIII. He was his Lord Chancellor, but he knew that, you know, that if if his head would get King of Castle in France, then it would go. He really knew the King well. So no points for that one. 
Trois. Number four. Much suspected of me. Nothing proved can be, quoth Elizabeth the prisoner. Okay, that's okay. okay. The Lady Elizabeth, so the future yes. Elizabeth I. I could was, have told you that. Yeah, well, it does say <laughs> oh, Elizabeth in it. Was said to have etched this on a window during her arrest, her house arrest at Woodstock in Oxfordshire. I could have told you that as well. But why was she in house arrest? Um... Why was she in house arrest? Mm -hmm. She had been in the Tower of London and then she'd been released to house Mary arrest at Mary the first well, yeah. was worried <laughs> that she might be a risk to try and take over the queenship. <clears throat> because of plots against yeah, her. Yeah, so, come on. Oh, you want to know which plot? Mm-hmm. No, what I don't. had just happened? I don't know what I just Well, I'm giving you a nil point. Half a point. Half a point. Only because you're good looking. <laughs> Wyatt's Rebellion. Okay. Wyatt's Rebellion of early 1554, February 1554, had of course um, been a rebellion against Mary and her Spanish marriage, um, and it sought to depose Mary and put Elizabeth on the throne. Mary's Privy Council believed that Elizabeth was implicated. So, um, yeah, so Elizabeth was arrested. She was interrogated. They couldn't find any evidence against her, but they wanted an eye kept on her. So, there you go. Okay, I didn't know that. Half a point just because you're nice. Yeah. Number five. Who is being described in these words? For her behaviour, manners, attire and tongue, she excelled them all. For her behaviour, manners, attire and tongue, she excelled them all. Who is that about? Hmm. Well, I mean, I would have probably guessed Elizabeth, but I think it probably, since you've had so many Elizabeth things, I'm going to say it's not Elizabeth. So I'm going to take a guess and say... Any Tudor The Lady Mary. Nope. Anne Boleyn. Anne Boleyn. Lancelot de Cole, the secretary to the French ambassador, had those words in his poem that he wrote about Anne Boleyn, her life okay. and her fall. No points. Number six. Who wrote to their former tutor saying... I cannot marvel at thee and lament the case that thou sometimes was the lively member of Christ, but now a deformed imp of the devil. <laughs> I'm going to go for Jane Grey. Yeah, you knew that. I think I read that out a couple of weeks okay, ago. Okay, yeah. Because it just made me chuckle. It's really funny, yeah. Because what she's a teenager and she's writing to her former tutor, because he's, well, backslidden in her view and embraced Catholicism, and now he's the imp of the devil, so... I love the language well that she used there. Number seven, and this is worth two points. Oh, OK, important. That homicide and unnatural tyrant which now unjustly bears dominion over you. Who wrote that and who was it about? I can't say that I've ever heard that quote before. That homicide and unnatural tyrant which now unjustly bears dominion over you. 
the unjustly is uh, it's a bit of a clue there. Not to me, it's not. Hmm. I'm not sure I can even take a guess on that one. If I give you another clue, and that is written by someone who you would call a Tudor about someone who wasn't a Tudor. Writing That's such a clue. About Mary, Queen of Scots? Way off. Way off. Okay. Don't know. Okay. Don't it be- was Henry Tudor, Henry the Seventh, writing to his supporters about Richard the Third. Okay. Who obviously he believed was a usurper. Shouldn't be on the throne. Totally different time so, period then. Yeah, but Henry Tudor, mm-hmm. Henry the seventh being the first of the Tudor monarchs. Number eight. Little man, the word must is not to be used to princes. Who said this? Now, I recognise that quote because I think it's a really cool quote. Who said it? Mm-hmm. Edward the sixth. No. Elizabeth I, in her dying days, said it to Robert Cecil, who was her Secretary of State, who was trying to get her to go to bed because she was dying. And he used the word must. And that should not be used to kings and queens. Don't mess. So, no. No. So that was a no as well, wasn't it? That was I'm not doing well. I knew I wouldn't do well this time. Number nine. When I think again that you shall depart from me again, it makes my heart die to think what fortune I have, that I cannot always be in your company. Who wrote these words in a letter? And who were they writing to? Was it... uh, Writing to Elizabeth... We've got a snoring dog in the background. We have got a, and a, t- clicking, <laughs> and a fan. clicking fan. And a clicking fan. I'll have to do some magic to get rid yeah. of that sound. Um, so, when I think again that you shall depart from me again, it makes my heart die to think what fortune I have that I cannot always be in your company. Dudley, so writing to Elizabeth. Letter. It was Catherine Howard writing to Thomas Goldpepper. Oh dear. Oh, that's a bit damning, isn't it? Yes. Oh, dear. Yes. Number 10. Chad is so fast asleep. (laughs) Who was apologising for their eyesight and therefore their poor handwriting with these words? I beseech you to pardon me, for verily, madam, my sight is nothing so perfect, perfect, as it has been. I love the word perfect. I was going to go for Thomas More, but if you're writing to a woman, that makes it difficult. I beseech you to pardon me for verily, madam, my sight is nothing so perfect as it has been. No, I can't think who that could be. King Henry VII writing to his mother, Lady Margaret Beaufort. OK. Very embarrassed by his poor handwriting there. I'm obviously not very good at the Henry VII side of things. No, mm. no, no, no. Who wrote, there's a big clue in this one. Okay, who wrote, I'm listening. this is number 11, who wrote, Princes at all times have not their wills, but my heart being my own is immutable. Well, there's the book, but who's it about? That's the question. The book, My Heart is My Own. It's probably on the shelf behind me. It probably me. is, yeah. <laughs> 
I'm going to have to guess on this one as well. Not good, not good. Mary. <laughs> there are lots of the cheap first. Marys. <laughs> Mary the first. Yes. No. No. Mary, Queen of Scots. Oh, Mary, my Queen heart of is Scots. my own is the biography by the fantastic John Guy, our good friend John Guy, um, about Mary. Okay. Mary, Queen of Scots. Okay. So it's a brilliant quote, that. Oh dear. I thought he was going to find these easy because no. they're all being on our social media. It just shows how much I look at it, doesn't it? Who ended a letter, and there are sort of theories about this letter. Lastly, I make this vow that mine eyes desire you above all things. So who ended a letter with, lastly, I make this vow that mine eyes desire you above all things. And to whom were they writing? And there are question marks regarding this letter. But well, I'm going to have to guess on this one as well. I'm going to guess Anne Boleyn writing to Henry VIII. No, but I give you one point because it was written to Henry VIII. Okay. Okay, but it was Catherine of Aragon oh, uh, okay. just before she died. It was in her dying days. It's Some people question its authenticity. Some people don't. I mean, it reads actually very true to how you think Catherine would be. She always believed that she was Henry's wife. She never accepted the annulment. And she always loved him, despite the fact that he treated her terribly. So that was Catherine of Aragon. I'll take that one point. Okay, so how many have you got? One, two, three, four and a half, I believe. Oh, dear. Out of 12. Four and a half. No, out of a possible 15. 15. Oh, dear. One, two, three, four and a half. Surely you Hopefully you did better. Write in the comments below. Show me how good you are compared to yes. me. Yes. And I'm no sure googling it first. You've got to be That's true. Because that and would no be cheating. I'm not trying to look at my paper. I didn't try looking at your Obviously, I didn't look at your paper because I didn't do well, very well. That's true. <laughs> well, thank you so much for subscribing. We really appreciate it. If you haven't subscribed, click here and subscribe now. Although that means if loads of people subscribe, that is quicker. When we get to 65,000 people. Tudor History Challenge. Tudor History Challenge. <laughs> yeah. Lovely. All right. We appreciate it. Thank you. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.